KFGO is proud to present the Veterans Hour, an hour dedicated to those serving a higher calling, the latest on veterans affairs and stories of conspicuous gallantry above and beyond the call of duty. And now, the host of the Veterans Hour, commander of the Tri-States Veterans, a Navy man, Dave Rice. full schedule today and i'm privileged to be uh, the host i'm dave rice the host of the kfgo veterans summer we're going to start off with uh, talking about patriots day a new holiday at least in north dakota and other states across the nation and then we're going to move into the veterans administration hospital caregiver support program then we're going to get american legion boy state and girl state which is coming up this summer we're going to have both boy state and girl state programs talked about and then we're going to finish up with uh, talking about our Fargo National VA Cemetery giving us an update on what's going on out there and on the line right now we have Jason Hicks Jason is the commander of the United Patriotic Bodies and the Fargo Memorial Honor Guard and he's been very active uh, helping set up this Patriots Day event on Monday thanks for coming online Jason good afternoon David thanks for having me on very good so uh why don't you just give us a little bit of history, how this came about, uh, Patriot's Day here in North Dakota? You bet. Well, it has been a thing on the East Coast for a period of years. And what it celebrates is the fire shot at Lexington and Concord. The, the shot heard around the world started the American Revolution. And Jim Shaw, who writes for the Fargo Forum, um, is from out East. And he contacted Austin Shower, who is a state legislator, and thought, you know what? This would be a good holiday for the state of North Dakota. And it took a few, about a year to get it passed through, but it was passed almost unanimously through the uh, legislature in North Dakota. And it became an official holiday about three years ago. But due to COVID, we haven't been able to have the ceremony. We've had this plan for like three years, and the last two, it's been blocked. So this year is the maiden voyage of Patriot's Day. And very good. It's about time, right? COVID yeah. took, a, took a lot of uh, uh, celebrations away from us. We're getting back back in the swing again now. So what's going to yes. happen on Monday? Okay, so we're going to have a program at the Fargo Air Museum starting at noon. <laughs> Just a short program. Um, Austin Shower is going to speak. I heard uh, Mayor Mahoney is going to say a few words. But just talk about Patriots and what it means to be an American. And one of the uh, one of the things that was kind of interesting about this holiday is that it's not to cost the taxpayer any money. 
because obviously the revolution taxation without representation was a big part of why we won our independence from Britain. And so that's one of the kind of the neat tenets. But Austin's going to go into detail about the holiday and what it means to him as an American. And then everyone else is uh, basically going to be encouraged to do the same. It's, um, it's a brand new thing, but I thought, you know, with being the commander of patriotic bodies, Patriots Day, it, it kind of goes hand in hand because one of the missions of all the veterans organizations is to celebrate patriotism and to educate other people, including our youth. Just like when you go to the schools and give the flag presentations, it's kind of along the same line as that, only geared for adults this time. Well, yeah. But we hope to make it a bigger bigger event, um, depending on what the turnout is this time. And then at um, 7 o'clock, there's going to be a viewing of a Revolutionary War film hosted by Jim Shaw, and then they're going to have a panel discussion about what they took from that film and what it means to them as Americans. And it's going to be uh, audience-driven, encouraged to ask questions on what, because uh, there's a wide variety of people that are on this this board, and um, just to get their perspective on what this all means to them. And I understand that's at the uh, Fargo Theater, downtown Fargo? Correct. Fargo <laughs> Theater, downtown Fargo, and I believe it's 7 o'clock. Okay. And I heard uh, 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 tickets required, but the tickets are free, but they want you to get them in advance, I suppose, for crowd control? For seating, yep, yep, yep. The, all these events are fully free to the public and encouraging the public to attend. And uh, it's just kind of our way of giving back. We had uh, a few larger plans that didn't really pan out for this time, but uh, hopefully next year it's going to be even bigger and better. Oh, I think it'll grow, too. And this is yeah, not, oh, absolutely. Not, not to be confused with uh, Patriot Day uh, or 9-11, September 11th, right? Correct, correct. And there, some people are confused by that, but they're, uh, they're realistically both called the same thing. But this uh, this one's been around prior to uh, the 9-11 event. That's, okay. It's been a big thing on the East Coast for a number of years. And uh, Jim Shaw pitched the idea to Austin, and uh, it's history from there. Well, very good. We're looking forward to it, and I hope it, like I said, I hope it grows every year. Thank you for yeah. uh, taking the leadership on that, Jason, and making this uh, event uh, a memorable one. I'm looking forward to it. You bet, Dave. I will see you there tomorrow, I'm sure. Okay, you bet. Thanks, Jason. Yep, talk to you later. Okay, that was Jason Hicks with the Fargo Memorial Honor Guard and the United Patriotic Bodies talking about Patriots Day. Starts at noon, Fargo Air Museum, at uh, 12 noon, and then... That evening at 7 p.m., there's an, a, a movie and a panel discussion at the Fargo Theater downtown. The public is invited to attend. It's free, but if you want to get in on that movie at 7 o'clock, they recommend getting to the theater and picking up a ticket in, in advance for seating purposes. Okay, uh, we have a bunch of announcements here. I'm going to have a couple of them before we go on a break. Uh, the uh, Fargo Amvets, they're having a, a dinner tomorrow. Starting at 2 in the afternoon at Easter dinner, scalped potatoes, a ham, corn, dinner roll, and so on, uh, all for free will donations. So if you're not doing anything Saturday, Sunday afternoon, uh, stop by the Fargo Amvets. They're going to start feeding at 2 o'clock until it's gone. And uh, the Fargo Air Museum also continues its coffee hour the second Wednesday of each month. Veterans and, and patriotic citizens are uh, invited to come Fargo Air Museum have a cup of coffee and a roll uh, throw on a buck or two free will donation and just mingle with the vets and have some good discussion a couple other uh, events the uh, Dilworth Boy Scout Troop 652 
will be conducting a flag retirement ceremony at 5 o'clock on Saturday, April 23rd at the Dilworth VFW. Nice to see our our nation's youth uh, respectfully retire our nation's flag, and they're going to be going through that ceremony. The Harwood American Legion will also be conducting a flag retirement ceremony. This one's at 415 on Thursday, April 21st at Holy Spirit School. uh, The Heritage Girls are hosting that. They're a bunch of patriotic young Americans, and the Fargo, or the uh, Harwood American Legion is going to conduct that ceremony and show them how to respectfully conduct that program. One more, uh, the AMVETS is also going to do a, uh, let's see, hot dogs for vets, they call it. And it's kind of unique. Uh, this is on Saturday, April 30th from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Stop by and get a hot dog, chips, and water. And uh, you don't even have to get out of your car. They have a drive through It's going to be out in the parking lot. They're going to have a tent set up. And you can actually drive through. Enter the uh, alley on uh, 11th Street South. Drive into the Amvest parking lot and drive through and pick up your hot dogs and chips and water if you don't want to stick around. So that's kind of a unique concept, and I hope they have a good turnout. And the VA hospital in Fargo is having a virtual new veteran orientation. This is on April 28th at 2000, or this year, 2022, from 2 to 3.30 p.m. Now, it's virtual. They want you to call ahead, call 701-239-3700, extension 3655. You know, the VA is a big, big building, and it's kind of a massive uh, uh undertaking and sometimes it's get hard to get used to knowing what's going around so it's a very good exper- uh, experience to get this orientation so you learn more about it so you know fairly new or new veterans that are using the VA hospital I encourage you to take that in virtually call in advance 701-239-3700 extension 3655 okay we'll break now and, and uh take our first break and when we come back we're going to be talking to trisha chaddock from the va hospital talking about the caregiver support program okay that is brandy by the looking glass you know being a navy veteran myself being a sailor i kind of like that song about uh, sailors and visiting in different ports around the world so that was Brandy by the Looking Glass. Okay, now we have uh, Trisha Chaddock. She is a VA Caregiver Support Program Manager. She's going to be talking about that program. I contacted the VA Public Affairs Officer, oh, a couple, three months ago, and asked uh, if there's anybody at, at the hospital that wants to talk about their programs or have any special announcements. And Trisha was one of the first to say, hey, I'd love to come on and talk about my program. So thank you for coming on, Trisha. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. You bet. And why don't you, uh, how long have you been at the VA? Just give us a short background of how you got to where you are today. Sure, you bet. I actually started at the VA a little over 12 years ago. Um, I worked in the primary care department in the hospice and palliative care department when I first started. And then about eight years ago, I made the transition over to the caregiver support program and I've been there ever since. Okay. And what exactly is the caregiver support program? Yeah, so the program has actually been in existence since 2011, but we've really experienced some significant growth the last couple of years. Um, since about tw- 
2020. Um, so we have two different programs that fall underneath the caregiver support program. We have what we call the program of general caregiver support, and then we have the program of comprehensive assistance for family caregivers. Um, the general program is really kind of the foundation program of all that we do within caregiver support. Um, just a wide range of resources from support groups to educational type events, self-care type events, kind of whole health focus, um, but we also do a lot of just connecting veterans and caregivers with other VA resources that might be of benefit to them, things like home care services or maybe some adaptive equipment that they could utilize within the home to make life a little bit easier. Um, that general program is um, pretty easy to uh, participate in if a veteran and their loved one is interested. Um, they just have to identify themselves as a caregiver or support person of a veteran that's enrolled at the VA. And the veteran, of course, has to agree that this person is a support person for them. Um, we gather some basic enrollment information from them and we get them set up and into that program. Um, right off the bat, they're going to get a newsletter and a monthly calendar sent out to them so they know kind of what caregiver events we have going on throughout the month. Um, but then they begin having access to kind of a variety of both national and local level resources that we have available as well. Um, so that is kind of our general general program um, in a nutshell or an overview of that. Um, and then I had also mentioned we have what's called the Program of Comprehensive Assistance for Family Caregivers. Um, that program, those folks have access to all of the same resources that our general caregivers do but there's some additional benefits that program provides. Um, it also has some more specific eligibility criteria, both administrative and clinically, and it has a formalized application process that a veteran would go through. But um, just to kind of give you a brief synopsis of what that program criteria is, is that the veteran has to have served either post 9-11, so after September 11th, 2001, or they have to have served on or before May 7, 1975. And then they have to have at least a 70% uh, service-connected disability rating. Um, that would make them eligible to apply for the program. And then they go through an application process where there's a, a bunch of assessments that are completed and a team that reviews them to make sure that they meet the clinical criteria. But the additional benefits that that program provides is actually a stipend payment to the caregiver that they receive every month. Um, they have access to CHAMP VA health insurance if they don't have any other health insurance. There's some mental health counseling services available, some expanded respite benefits, um, some beneficiary travel benefits. So lots of additional benefits they can receive along with wellness contacts um, from my team on a regular basis. Um, and that program, we're excited to say, is actually going to be expanding the end of this year, October 1st, and it will then be open to all ERA veterans. So no matter when a veteran served, they will be able to apply as long as they have that 70% service-connected disability rating. Okay. And the caregivers themselves, are they primarily family members or you work with volunteers in this program also? Yeah. So we do... Um, Oftentimes, it is a family member or loved one of the veterans, sometimes a friend or a neighbor, you know, someone that they've just become close with and, and is supporting them on a regular basis. Um, we do actually have a couple of volunteer-based programs um, that we work with our volunteer services department on. We have a phone visitor program called our Compassionate Contact Corps, 
And then we have an in-home visitor program. So we are also looking for people, if they would be interested in volunteering, to reach out to a veteran on a regular basis or make visits with a veteran on a regular basis. Um, We would love to have more volunteers for either of those programs as well. And Very good. And I I know uh, COVID kind of put a kibosh on a lot of the volunteer activities there, but you seem to get a lot of volunteers. A lot of people in our community are very patriotic, very caring, and they like helping out the, the veterans. Absolutely, yes. And and luckily now, in the more um, recent weeks here with COVID kind of being quieter around our neck of the woods, um, we have kind of started to open up some of our volunteer programs again. Um, for example, that volunteer and home visitor program will be starting up again soon. And we also have at the Fargo VA a No Veteran Dies Alone program where volunteers can come in and spend time with a dying veteran that maybe doesn't have friend or family that can be there with them. Um, and both of those programs are actually reopening here in the next, um, I believe, few weeks. So lots of opportunities. And we are very lucky at the VA. We do get a lot of great volunteers, um, that, you know, through our doors on a daily basis. Now, the, the VA hospital, they have what we call CBOX, Community-Based Outreach Clinics, at several other locations around the state, North Dakota and Minnesota. I suppose you have contacts at those uh, places, too, where you work with uh, lining up caregiver support. Absolutely, yes. So that's a very good, um, I'm glad you pointed that out. So the services that I mentioned, um, all of our support groups, our educational groups, um, our self-care, you know, series, various classes we offer, we can provide that statewide, no matter where a veteran or caregiver are located. Um, We transitioned a lot of things to uh, virtual means with the COVID pandemic and have found that caregivers have really um, enjoyed that. Um, We've even had a few snowbirds that have continued to join in on some of our events from Arizona and Texas and all over. But um, a lot of our things are offered, if not all of them, um, via telephone or via kind of an online um, gathering option, which is really great. It makes it easy for, you know, veterans and caregivers in some of our rural communities to be able to stay engaged with us. Well, very good. And if there are folks out there that are inquiring about receiving some uh, support out there, or maybe they want to volunteer or whatever, uh, what are some uh, <clears throat> social media or web uh, phone numbers that you could give for people to contact to learn more yeah. about this program? You bet. Um, so our office line is 701-239-3700 and then extension 4399. And then we also have a group email, so that's another great way to reach us, and that is V-H-A-F-A-R, caregiver support at va.gov. And then I'd also like to mention our caregiver website, which is our national website, but has a lot of great fact sheets and information on both programs that I mentioned today. And that is www.caregiver.va.gov. And our website actually has um, a link to the application for that comprehensive program that I mentioned. So if a veteran and caregiver were interested in applying for that, they can actually apply directly online, which is a really nice option. Okay, very good. Well, we want to thank you, Tricia, for coming on and explaining what the Caregiver Support Program is. And uh, remind everybody, this this uh, session is podcast. KFJO records these, and they'll be able to play at a later time. 
Uh, you just go to the kfjo.com and click on podcast and find the Veterans Hour, and there it'll be. And uh, before we let you go, Trisha, do you want to? <clears throat> excuse me. Do you want to give us a, that phone number, uh, group email, and website one more time? Absolutely. So our phone number is 701-239-3700, extension 4399. And our email address is V-H-A-F-A-R, caregiver support at va.gov. And then that website is www.caregiver.va.gov. Very good. Well, again, uh, thank you for coming on, Trisha, the Chaddock, the uh, Caregiver Support Program Manager. We want to thank you for coming on the air today, and thank you very, very much for doing what you do for our veterans. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You bet. Okay, we're going to break, and when we come back, we're talking American Legion. Boy State and Girl State, an excellent program for our nation's youth. He blesses the boys as they stand in line. The smell of gun grease and their bayonets they shine. He's there to help them all that he can. To make them feel wanted, he's a good holy man. Okay, that is Sky Pilot by Bert Burton and the Animals. You know, we are very fortunate to have chaplains in all branches of the military. Uh, they do a lot of counseling and support, sometimes last rites. But that song, uh, Sky Pilot, we couldn't, uh, we're just very, very thankful to have them in our military. Okay, now we have uh, American Legion Boy State and Girl State on the line. We have Dana Thorson and Kenny Wiederholt. Uh, one, the Dana is uh, the North Dakota American Legion Auxiliary Flicker Tail Girls State uh, Chairman, or whatever the correct title is. And Kenny Wiederholt That's is correct. A, uh, Kenny Wiederholt is Executive Director of the Boy State Program. So uh, ask uh, Dana to start off, uh, how long have you been in that position? And tell us just a, you know, there's some overlapping similarities between Boys and Girls State, but we'll let you let us know exactly or where it is and when and a little bit about the program itself. Yes. Um, so I've been, um, I went to Girl State myself when I was in high school, um, and then I started um, going back to help about 2001. So it's been about um, 20, 21 years. Um, probably held the director position for 19, 20 of those years. Um American Legion Auxiliary Girls State is going to be held at UND campus uh, June 12th through the 17th. And since we had a year off um, due to COVID, um, this will be our 75th session this year. Very good. Did you, uh, did you have one last year? You did, didn't you? We did have it last year. In 2020, we didn't have um, our sessions, so... Um, so that um, last year should have been our, 20, our 75th year. So this year we are celebrating our 75th. Very good. And uh, Boy State was the same 2020. We didn't have any. So then t- 2021, you know, the, the students that were eligible in 2020 kind of got cheated out of that. 
But they decided to let uh, not only juniors but seniors uh, enroll on the North Dakota level, but not the national, right. from what I understand. Correct. Very good. And uh, Kenny Wiederholt, where is your voice date, and was it the same time period? Yes, Dave. Uh, our boys' date will once again take place on the campus where the program first began in 1938, the campus of North Dakota State College of Science. And the program will take place from June 12th through the 17th also. Okay, very good. And, Kenny, uh, what's a, uh, the basic theme of boys' date? What, what are they learning? What are they experiencing when they go to boys' date? Okay, Dave, I... I thank you for asking me that. The, uh, the way I see it, the focus of the week revolves around teaching these delegates a little bit about how the state government functions as it deals with politics, government, and leadership therein. Uh, during the week, they will not only create the state of North Dakota, but also learn firsthand how to run it. These delegates will run for various offices, which usually involve healthy debates, they will craft legislation relevant to North Dakotans, in addition to covering prominent issues facing today's North Dakotans. The week provides a hands-on activity, including a simulated state Senate and House, disaster emergency management simulations, and as well as sports and journalistic reporting on events. The, the educational training you know, all this takes place, you think of it as learning, but these students are still allowed ample time to enjoy competing in various sporting, trivia, and challenge-based activities. They can even take in an American Legion ball game on Wednesday night if they choose. And if I may, Dave, I would also like to add that these delegates will be interacting with actual North Dakota political leaders throughout the week. And as a result, they will qualify for scholarships and special college admissions. Uh, this nationally recognized program makes each student eligible for a credit in high school social studies as well. So uh, there's a lot of perks to this, and in addition to uh, looking good on a resume. Very good. Let's go back to Dana. How, how does that compare to Girl State? Pretty similar in nature or any, anything like you, you would like to add? Um, it is very, uh, very similar in, in nature. Uh, both of the programs run, um, you know, as, as Kenny said, they are, um, they are building the process by doing every step of, of civil duty. Um, but I also... Um, like to tell students that are thinking about going to American Legion Auxiliary Girls State or even uh, American Legion Boys State that it's not it's not just government. It's about um, learning about how the process works. If government isn't your thing, it's um, connecting with peers of at your level. Um, the civil the civil duties that we have just as being um, part of our state and county and um, and as he said, going on to the national level. You know how we fit into that, and how we can um, how we can support our um, leaders. Okay, now you you each uh, elect a governor and lieutenant governor, that type of thing, or a lot of different offices. But the governor uh, does that advance to a, a national program? 
that's where we differ a little. Um, and with the Girl State program, the American Legion of Auxiliary Girls Nation that is held in Washington, D.C., um, we have our um, girls that are in attendance elect their two representatives. So they run for that national Senate seat. Oh, okay. And um, so it's not it's not a guarantee. Um, but just as Kenny said, you know, we have scholarship um, opportunities, the high school credit, um, and even the civics test for those that um, have not taken that for high school that they have to have for graduation. We do offer that as well. Okay. And these both these programs start June 12th, Girls State at UND up in Grand Forks and uh, Boys State on Wapton State School of Science. I suppose you need a registration. What, what is the registration deadline and how do interested students uh, contact or get registered? So for the American Legion of Auxiliary Girls State Program, they can co- they can find the application online at www.ndgirlsstate.org, and there's information available. Um, if you do not have a local American Legion Auxiliary unit to sponsor your registration fee, there is contact information for myself um, on the application on the website, and we will get you that registration fee because our um, the the registration fee will not be a, a hardship on the families. So that that will be paid by units um, or other um, donations that we have. Okay, very good. And Kenny, something similar. I'm sure you have a contact person as well or a contact site. Yes, um, you know we take. We take applications right up till uh, about, I believe it's June 10th. And the reason for this is if there is a child out there that's in limbo and not sure if they can afford, uh, as Dana had said, there is no cost to the family. Uh, that It is $300 per student to attend Boys Day, but we the uh, Department of North Dakota or various other supporting agencies are looked at to cover these costs. So in response, uh, regarding your first question, Dave, uh, two boys are selected at Boys State to attend Boys Nation, and that is such an honor. Uh, Boys State is a great opportunity, but those that attend Boys Nation, that is an honor. Okay, very good. And where where can the boys go to get more information or to get registered? Okay. Uh, For boys, I encourage interested parties to visit our website, ndlegion.org, all one word, ndlegion.org, and click on the Youth Slash Programs tab. That will open up uh, anything from um, uh, Boys State to Girls State, uh, to the brochures and posters relating, and also the bus schedule for those that require transportation to and from Boys State across the state. And I uh, also, Dave, I might note that uh, you can access ndboysstate.org, all one word again, ndboysstate.org, for additional information and forms. Or you may simply call the American Legion headquarters office at 
Okay, and again, they can contact their, their local American Legion post uh, if they know who that is, right? Yes, I would encourage that. That it, that should be your first stepping stone into your application project be, uh, simply for the fact that usually the local posts are more than willing to cover the expenses. Right, and sometimes uh, if they might have uh, cover expenses for other students somewhere else in the state just that American Legion really really supports boy state and girl state this is a great educational program for our high school juniors they must have completed their junior year in high school to qualify right yes correct correct okay very good uh Dana Kenny do you have any final comments before we take our next break um I guess I would once again like to say that the cost of the program for each student is usually covered by the local American Legion post, but we will always find ways to cover these participants. Uh, the, the thing I'm trying to acknowledge here is please, please sign up to join and participate. Very good. And Dana? I would agree with what Kenny said, and um, again, reach out to us if you have any questions. Our Facebook page is North Dakota Girl State. Um, we also have a Twitter and Instagram account at ND Girl State um, that we have information and links to our website on as well. Very good. Well, we want to thank both of you and all your volunteers. I think most of your volunteers are previous Girl State or Boy State participants. Uh, from what I remember, I've visited uh, the Boy State and Wapton a couple times, but a uh, heck of a good program. We want to thank you and please extend our thanks to your volunteers, your colleagues uh, during that very important week. Yeah, thank thanks you, for having us, Dave. You bet. Okay, thank you much and uh, thank you for what you do and we hope you have a great year. Okay, we're going to go uh, to our last break here and come back. We've got a couple more announcements and then we're going to talk about the VA National Veterans Cemetery. Breakfast where the news is read Television children fed Unborn living, living dead Bullets strikes the helmet's head Okay, that is The Unknown Soldier by the Dort. Uh, we have a couple more announcements here before we talk about the VA cemetery. One is that the Fargo VA healthcare system is offering the COVID-19 vaccine second booster doses. Uh, those who they've probably notified already, but if you haven't and you're interested, uh, they're doing that April 11th through the 29th and uh, come in the north entrance there. But they want you to call ahead. Call the 701-239-3700 number. That's the main switchboard. Select option two, then select one for primary care scheduling. Or you probably have your primary physician uh, number already uh, available. You could call them. But anyway, Fargo VA Hospital is doing the second booster. If you're interested, contact the VA. This also goes for, I, I'm assuming, the, the CBOX, the Communities-Based Outreach Clinics located around the state. And the Fargo Air Museum uh, is having a special uh, Navy Blue Angels Tuesday, Tuesday, April 26th at 6.30. Uh, 
They're hosting this, and Captain Gil Rood, retired Navy Blue Angels pilot, originally from Portland, North Dakota, one of our own, uh, is going to be the, the guest speaker. Uh, he was uh, commander of the Blue Angels for two years and uh, transitioned from one type of plane to another, so he's got a lot of experience in the Navy and flying and a commander of the Blue Angels for two years. And if you want to come a little bit early, the, the Air Museum is putting together a Blue Angels display at the Air Museum, and there's going to be a ribbon-cutting ribbon dedication to that at 4 o'clock on that same day, Tuesday, April 26th. But the main program speaker will be at 6.30 that evening. Uh, they're asking a $5 admission, but members, Air Museum members, get in free. Okay, now we have online... Jennifer Leiter, uh, the Fargo National Cemetery manager. Uh, the cemetery has been open for about two and a half years now. And we made a lot of progress, and uh, Jennifer is online to get, kind of give us an update where we where we are today. Thank you for coming online, Jennifer. Uh, thank you for having me, Dave. You bet. Yeah, the we are currently at approximately um, we have about of the urns and ground we have. 253 sites occupied right now. And in the columbarium, which is the above-ground burials, we have 108 columbarium uh, sites occupied. And for the caskets, we have 125 sites occupied. This equals about five, This is about 561 people total buried at Fargo National Cemetery. Uh, 455 of those are veterans. Uh, that also includes 13 women veterans. Okay, what was that total again? 500? Uh, 561. Okay, thank you. Okay, mm -hmm. okay uh, and there's, a, I think you're averaging about four or so about a week. So, some weeks uh, might be a lot more and some a lot less, but... Yeah, I would say about four a week. Okay, very good. And... Uh, what, what's new out there? You have, uh, you're, you're still bringing them in. Uh, kind of slow over the wintertime, but uh, it's probably going to pick up now that uh, a lot of these are cremations. Uh, in fact, more are cremations yeah. than, than caskets. So uh, there might be yeah. families waiting till for better weather before they inter inter their their loved ones. That's understandable. Uh, the weather can be pretty uh, brutal out there at the cemetery. Uh, 70, I'd say about 70% of our burials are cremations. So, and we, we do winter burials, uh, where we can do burials at, on every day of the year if we're open and available for services. A lot of people don't think that we do winter burials, but we do also do winter burials. But I can understand why people want to wait. Okay. Uh could you give us a just a real short? We got a break here in a couple of minutes, but give us a okay. short explanation. What's the difference between the Fargo VA National Cemetery here, between Harwood and West Fargo, and the one Veterans Cemetery, North Dakota Veterans Cemetery, in Mandan? Well, the Fargo National Cemetery is a national cemetery. Uh, the VA is responsible for taking that, um, keeping the, the the grounds pristine. That falls under the NCA. Uh, the Mandan Cemetery is a state-run cemetery, and it's uh, ran by the the state that it's in. And I'm not sure what qualifications the state cemeteries have 
compared to the one, the, the national cemetery. I, I'm not familiar with the state qualifications. Okay. I, I interviewed uh, the manager of the state veterans cemetery in Mandan a couple of years ago. I think I'll try to get them online again next month and they can talk a little bit about their veterans day or Memorial day services as well. But uh, that's another very beautiful piece of property out there. Very well maintained, just like the national cemetery here in our community. Um, mm-hmm. You you have a, you hire out uh, grounds work, right? Right. We do have a contract with uh, Valley green and associates. They are our groundskeeper. They take care of all the grounds work. Uh, including the turf, uh, snow removal, and just anything to make the cemetery look pristine. They're in charge of that. They also are. They also take care of all the burials um, after the family leaves the cemetery, the shelter. The, the Valley Green staff will come up, and we will conclude the interment. They are responsible for that. Okay, and we need a break to end the show okay. here. And encourage everybody, you can Google it or you can just go to your local county veteran service officer or your funeral home director, and they can help you uh, get uh, signed up to be interred out there if you qualify and, and get you get you going. So, again, uh, thank you, Jennifer. Thanks for coming on and giving us an update. All right. Thank you very much for having me. Okay. We'll close by uh, the playing of taps. I hear the sound of taps. I listen to the bugler play, and I feel a sudden chill. I wonder how many times the taps have meant amen. When a flag has draped a coffin of a brother or a friend, I think of all the mothers, fathers, husbands, and wives, and children with interrupted lives. I think about a graveyard at the bottom of the sea, or unmarked graves in Arlington. No, freedom isn't free. We want to thank KFGO for allowing us to have this hour, And we will thank our guests today, and we appreciate you tuning in and look forward to our next KFGO Veterans Hour. Thank you.